so good to be with you. Uh, it feels so much better right now than it does on a, like a Sunday morning service. I feel at ease, no panic, it's all good. Um, I'm so glad to be here. So if you want to remember what the sermons, when you come home and your, mo your mom and dad is going to be like, hey, who preached and what did they preach on? You know, I don't know if you guys ever, parents, does anybody, anybody's parents ask? Raise of hands, does anybody's parents ask who preaches? Well, if your parents don't ask, you can go home and tell them that Stan preached on salvation and Lexi preached on separation. Ooh, that's a mic drop right there, that. <laughs> salvation, and my, my, my sermon today is on separation. I, I started reading Romans, and I, I started in verse 1, and it just stopped me. You know, the word, uh, if we, if we let, let's, let's look at that verse really quick. Um, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. And I was like, he was separated. Okay. I want to, it stopped me, you know, I want to, I want I just wanted to ponder on that word. What does that mean to be separated? Um, why not, why not, uh, what does it mean to be separated? Why not like family or why not like, it was, it's just one of those things in my life, you know? Um, for example, I wrote some, I wrote some examples down. Like family, business, church, golf, vacation, gospel, stocks, volunteering, volleyball, restaurants, hobbies. Sounds kind of weird. Yeah, I snuck in the gospel in there, right? But Apostle Paul, if we read the scriptures, it says that he was separated for the gospel. Like his whole being was for the gospel. Everywhere he uh, went, anybody that he talked to, didn't matter whether it was kings or, or uh, prisoners or prison guards, he was always talking about Jesus. And when I was thinking about this uh, uh, this morning, I was sitting by the table, and my phone rings and it shuts off and it shut off real quick. And I and I, um, one of my old friends that we used to work back like 20 years ago, he called me and he, he turned the phone off and I'm on fire here. Like God is revealing these things to me, you know, so I call him back. I'm like, this has to be like, so I call him back. His name is Rick and he's an old guy, just hilarious guy. I love this guy so much. Uh, when he drives his car, I don't know, any of you guys drive here? There are some drivers. Well, this guy, when he drives his car, the reason I love him so much, I remember on the freeway we're driving and he's driving his van. We're in the work van. And he's like a short guy, you know, short stubby guy. And he's sitting in the driver's seat. And he has both of his feet, one on the gas and one on the brakes. And I was like, well, that's not even like, I, th for me, that was like, I never, I didn't know that people can do that because you can mix the two up, right? Like in the moment. But he's still this day, he's alive and doing well, you know. And I told him that today, you know, and as he called me, he's like, oh, sorry, Alexi, I, I accidentally called you. I'm like, hey, Rick, 
how is your relationship with Jesus Christ, man? He's like, oh, man, I'm struggling. I was been drinking. Now I'm back in AA. So I just start preaching to him, you know, right there. I'm like, hey, man, Jesus loves you. You got you to gotta just separate yourself from this world to him, you know. My wife is standing there. She's like, why are you doing this, man? But I'm just like, I want to be like Apostle Paul, you know. Anybody that I talk to, it's about Jesus. And we had a good conversation, and I blessed him, and um, it was good. So to be separated to the gospel of God. And I, as I was thinking, like, where, where, did, where did Paul get this idea to be separated? Like, why not just, like, one of the things that I do uh, in my life. You know, I go to work. I, I, uh, I focus on that with all my heart. Then I, I do a little bit of preaching. And then I go spend time with my family. And, and, but he was, the way he... Um, spoke was he was all in you know like all in for Jesus Christ and the first thought that came into my mind was if we go all the way back to the very beginning let's open um, Genesis chapter 2 so in chapter 1 God creates the world right he creates the whole universe he creates the world and everything that is on the world on earth right all the the waters and the land and the animals and the plants and and the skies just the whole world he creates and then it says and then he creates man too he creates man and then it says in chapter 2 verse 8 the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground of the Lord God, and out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil so God creates the universe, he creates the world, and it doesn't say that God took man and put him into the world, but no, he says he created Eden, and it doesn't say that God took man and put him in Eden, it says that it's eastward of, in Eden, so it's like this region and then a specific location in the whole entirety of the world that God takes man and he puts him there into the garden. So we could see this picture of God separating man from the entirety of the world and putting him into a specific location that is into the garden. And why? Because God was there. God was in the garden and he fellowshiped with man. He communed with him. They, they talked with each other. This was the place of God and, and the river, it came out of Eden and it hit the garden and it watered the garden and then out of the garden four rivers came, right? So like this is the place where God put man. So and I was thinking, God, why not just put him into the world? But no, he, 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 he created the world, which is all good and well. Everything's growing and flourishing. But there's a specific place that he put, that he put Adam. 
and Eve, and he communed with them. And then what happens? The fall of man, right? They disobey God. He said, don't, don't eat of the tree. And they, they go ahead and do it. He kicks them out of the garden. He, puts, he, he blocks them. He's like, you can't come back in here. But his love is so big that he wants him back, right? He wants to commune with him. So he has this plan. He has this plan before the creation, the Bible, uh, Bible tells us. There's a plan. And, he, he, and this, this act of separation happens throughout the scriptures. If we look at, if we look, for example, Noah, right? It, Adam and Eve, they go into the world. The world gets crazy. Like, it gets nasty to a point of, like, the, the wickedness was so bad. People, any, any, um, just, just crazy, like big old giants walking around and uh, people just doing horrific things in this world. We see this in um, chapter 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Like on a constant basis, it was so bad, like there was no, no good thoughts. It was all evil. Like, do you guys, we, we live in a Christian world. Like we try to, we have a lot of good around us, but imagine every single person just going crazy and, the, and they just act upon it. And there's so much probably suffering and death and God is like, this is not good. This, this world is not good. I need to fix this. So what does he do? He takes Noah out, right? He, he, he says, this man is righteous. Uh, he, he walked with God, and he, and he takes him and his family out, and he puts him into the ark, right? He, so he separates him from this world, and he puts him into the ark, into safety, that he would start over from him, right? So we see this separation. Then, then again, Tower of Babel, they mess up. God, God takes Abraham, he, took some, he takes him out of this world, and he, he says, I'm going to give you a good place in Canaan. There's this, this, this separation, like, walk out from them and, and come into here. We see, we see Abraham, like I talked on Sunday, that he tells his servant, go, go get a wife for my son out of, um, out of where I came from, from my relatives. And, but, but don't take my son there because... It's evil over there. God promised the land here. He separates him. But why didn't he take a wife for his son from the land where he was? Because those people were evil too. They weren't God's people. So there's this picture of separation throughout the scriptures. Moses, Moses was separated, right? And the Israel people, they were taken out of Egypt. And they went into the promised land. In, in, the, in, the, in the Israel, the Levites were, were, were separated for the work of the temple. And we see this picture in the Old Testament, right? And then Jesus shows up onto the scene. And God is tired of the sacrifices. God is tired of all this. Uh, it, it's all fake. They're, the way they're worshiping, the way they're, they're doing their um, temple services, it, it's not pleasing to him. And he understands that there's much suffering and people can't deal with the sin. And Jesus comes on the scene and he, he gives his life for the sin of the world. And he dies this gruesome life, gruesome death and comes back to life. And he opens Paul's eyes 
And Paul is like, I'm all in. He sees this picture of the separation, right? And this is what the scripture teaches us too. We have to separate ourselves from this world. And, and um, I'd like to read some passages from the scripture talking about this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, it says, Therefore you shall be, well, the, Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, 48 says, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, so the reason Adam was kicked out of this garden where God wanted him to be was because he wasn't perfect. And Jesus, he, he, he steps it up and he says, you got to be perfect. You got to be perfect just like my father. But, but if you read chapter 5 and you go through it, like we failed miserably, miserably already. Like I'm not perfect, Jesus, and I can't be perfect. And chapter 19, Jesus tells his apostles, they, they say, this is impossible. It's not possible to be perfect. But Jesus says, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And, and the way we become perfect is through Jesus. We, we, Jesus is the one that makes us perfect. When God, God wants to invite us back into the garden, right, where Jesus was praying, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He is praying to God before he's betrayed. And he wants us to go back into the garden to have this communion with the Father, to have this oneness with him and be with him. And I want to read some passages from Scripture. Look, it says in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Revelation 18, verse 4, it says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore come out from among them and be separated and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth, for you died and your life 
is hidden with Christ in God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You hear that? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it also, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. First Peter chapter 4, the New International Version. No, NLT, sorry. The, the New Living Translation. It talks about how when you were in the former life, you, you spent time with your friends and you did all sorts of bad things. And uh, verse 4 says, Of course, your former friends are surprised when you have no longer plundered into the, into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. John chapter 15, 18 and 19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me. This is Jesus talking. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. So do you guys hear the gist of it? Where we as Christians are supposed to be? Are you there? That's the question today. Are you there? Are you separated from this world? Or the better question is, do you want to be there? Do you want to be separated from this world? Because if you look at that picture from the very beginning, the only place that God, where God existed was in the garden where his presence was. And do you want to be there? And the only way that we can be there is through faith in Jesus Christ. And and I would and 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 I would say like, what now? How do how do we do this? How how do we li live a life of being separated from the world? We're in schools all the time, you know. We're at work, uh, in in youth, in our cliques, you know, in our little groups of friends, where you have the weird guy and the funny guy, you know, and and you got to fit in somehow. How do, you, how do you be separated from this world? Well, I think it's, all spirit, it's on a spiritual level. It's okay to play volleyball and to do business. It's okay to do these things, but don't indulge yourself in them. Because if you want to go uh, do something like play golf, but, but you don't want to go to church or you don't want to read your Bible, you got to check yourself. You got to see where you're at whether you really want to be a Christian and be with Jesus. This is, this is much more serious than just, you know, putting a check mark and going to church on a Sunday. This is, this is communing with God, being with Him on a daily basis, in prayer, in repentance. That's where it starts, right? If you want to make this decision, you got to repent to God. 
you got to come to God and say, God, this is impossible. It's so difficult. Like I was talking to Rick. He's like, I can't, man. I can't quit, quit drinking, man. I, I'm going to all these AA meetings, and my son is watching me. I, said, I told him, Rick, this is impossible, man. You can't do it. I can't do it. But Jesus is the only one that can help us. we got to come to him and acknowledge that we are sinners and that we need help and, and trust in him. And when we have faith in him, that faith will be counted to you as righteousness. And he will let you in to his, to his holies of holies and you will be able to be with him on a daily basis. So that's the question today. Are you there? Or the better question is, do you want to be there? And if you've never been in the place where you're just filled with his presence and his anointing, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day that we can start because God is waiting for you. He, he, he had a plan and he made this plan. He followed through with the plan. He came down and died for your sins so that you can be perfect in him through him and be with him can we stand if anybody needs prayer if you've never been separated to God you just you, you know you're living maybe this fake life and you come to church but you're just indulging in your sin you're indulging and and diving right in and you can't wait till you get out of church so you can keep on but but something is tugging at your heart and repentance needs to happen. I would invite you to come and, and give your life to him and just renew yourself with him and just repent and, and be separated. Have salvation. And salvation is separation from this world. To be in the garden with Jesus. Amen. Can we pray?